This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Bravo. Praise God. All right, so this morning we've titled our message, Let's Believe Like Abraham Believed. And specifically, we have 2023 and beyond in mind. And so I want to remind us today to believe like Abraham believed. And in actual fact, our belief can be even more solid because Abraham had a snapshot. Abraham had an idea of Jesus and the finished work of the cross because God preached the gospel to him, remember? But you and I get to live in the real. And you and I get to experience the real, the actual transformation and salvation in Jesus. And so therefore, we can certainly believe like Abraham believed. And actually, probably even more. Amen. And so that's what this is about. Now, also, <clears throat> I need to caution you, or I need to just state this. This is a dangerous message if it is not understood correctly. So someone who <laughs> doesn't pay close attention, someone who doesn't listen to everything I have to say in context, it is so easy to misunderstand it. And thus it becomes a dangerous message. And we don't want that. Amen. And so I'm just letting you ahead of time. I'm letting you know that, <laughs> that this is a dangerous message if it is not understood correctly. Now it's true that we, we may be familiar with. I think we all are. But it is crucial, in my opinion, to be reminded of these truths, of this specific truth. Especially as we enter a new year. Because in this new year, you know, we can have plans. We can have resolutions. We can have ideas and, you know, different things that we want to achieve and do and trust God for. But I think there are some things that are base, that are foundation, some things that are the core, the root of all that we do, that we need to make sure we have in place, that we need to make sure that we understand and we are established in, so that everything else that we've planned, everything else that we have in our hearts can be ignited, can be fueled, can be strengthened, can be encouraged by those core things that we have in our core as our belief system. Amen. And this is one of those things. So talking about believing like Abraham believed. Or you could say, let's believe God like Abraham believed God. So let's have a look at Romans chapter 4 and verse 3. Watch what it says there from the New King James translation. For what does the scripture say? Talking about Genesis 15, 6, if you want a reference. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, look at that real carefully. It says that Abraham, and now he's quoting from what actually happened. And he says, Abraham believed God. And because Abraham believed God, God counted it to him or God uh, attributed it to him, or God determined him to be righteous. Pretty powerful, wouldn't you agree? So whatever it was that Abraham believed God about, apparently God was so impressed with it that he decided to determine Abraham as righteous. In other words, as one who had right standing with him. Imagine that. I mean, I know already the religious mind. I know that the teaching of legalistic scripture mind is already 
stirring a little bit and shaking a little bit and say, hold on, hold on, what are you saying here? But that's exactly what it says. It says that there was something specific that Abraham believed God about. Because he believed in God. But this is something specific that God had shown him, revealed to him. And it says that Abraham specifically chose to believe God about that. And as a result, God then was moved and imputed righteousness on Abraham. In other words, because of what he believed, because what he chose to believe about what God told him, it caused God to make and determine and declare Abraham as righteous. In other words, Abraham, you now have right standing with me. In other words, you don't ever have to be concerned being before me, relating to me, having fellowship with me, because because you believe me, because you believe what I say to you about this, you are now righteous before me. It's pretty powerful stuff. And so all Abraham did was believe God. I mean, isn't that amazing? He didn't have to go and perform. He didn't have to go and do. He didn't have to do 10 different things and five different things and avoid six different things and have all these disciplines and practices and practice that. It was none of that. <laughs> all God did was reveal something to Abraham. Abraham said, I believe you, God. And as a result, God was impressed and said, all right, Abraham, because you believe me, you are now righteous. You are now you now have right standing before me. I mean, you have to admit, it is pretty awesome stuff. And so this is why we want to remind ourselves to believe like Abraham believed. And so we're going to break that down a little bit today. We're going to look at some of the detail. I'm going to say some things about it. And I believe that it's going to bless you. And so the question that we need to ask is, what is it that Abraham believed God about? What was it specifically that he believed God about? What was it? Well, we find the answer in the two verses just prior to the one we've read. So let's take a look at it. Romans chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. He has the answer about what he believed God about. It says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, watch us, has found according to the flesh? Now, you need to look real carefully at what I've emboldened there because those will give us the clue as far as what it is they believe God about. So it says, what was it that he has found according to the flesh? So in other words, Abraham discovered something about humanity. That's what the flesh is. It's referring specifically here, it's referring to human effort. He says, what has he found according to the flesh? In other words, the way we operate in and of ourselves. Then it says, for, watch this, if Abraham was justified, in other words, made righteous by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. So the answer is right there. And look at it real carefully. It is pretty powerful, pretty intense and pretty deep. So what we're going to do now is we're going to, I'm going to sh just, you know, discuss certain things with you and show you what it was specifically that God had revealed to Abraham. Abraham saw it, realized it, and thought, came to the conclusion, hmm, I need to believe God about this. And the minute he did that, the moment he did that, God declared him as righteous. Wouldn't you like to have that kind of confidence <laughs> before God? Well, we certainly can. But we're reminding ourselves here. So, 
Let me just point out some things to you in what we've just seen in that portion. First of all, <clears throat> we see that what Abraham believed God about, it had to do with the flesh as we saw it. Well, what is that? Well, if you study that, and I'm going to show you in a moment, if you go into it and look at it, it's not talking about this human body. Yes, it can be used that way. But in this sense, it is referring to human effort because in the context, it says works. So it's talking about human effort or you could say self-effort. Then also we see that it has to do with being justified. In other words, with being made right before God. In other words, having right standing with God. So whatever it is that he chose to believe God about, it had to do with human effort. It had to do with being made right with God. And then also, remember there was a word that said justified by works. If he was justified by works. Well, that works refers to rule keeping. And you'll see that all in a moment. In other words, it's talking about conduct and behavior. So it has to do with his conduct, with his behavior, for the purpose of trying to earn and deserve God's blessing and favor. And so this is what he believed God about. And so to answer the question, what did Abraham believe God about specifically? Well, in all that I've shown you and I've discussed now, what he believed is, is that he could not have right standing with God on the basis of his conduct or behavior. Or you could say on the basis of his merit or performance. It's an impossibility. So in verse 1 and 2, what you've just seen there is, is that basically Abraham came to the realization. That's why it says he found. He came to the realization that in the flesh, in other words, by his human effort, by his own self-effort, if you will, he could not ever obtain right standing with God. And so nothing he ever did, his conduct, his behavior, would never be able to get him to obtain right standing before God, righteousness before God. So he realized that in and of himself, there's nothing he could do or not do or avoid to have right standing with God. All he had to do was just believe that God could make him righteous because he believed him. And he did that. And when he did that, God said, Abraham, you are now righteous. Doesn't that sound familiar? It sounds like you and I in Jesus, doesn't it? When we receive salvation in Jesus, sadly, most of Christendom don't understand the simple truth. But when we receive salvation in Jesus... We are made righteous before God, not because of what we do or what we don't do, but because we believe God about the fact that God sent His Son Jesus to die for us, to die as us, and to make us righteous by His sacrifice. So again, it's like Abraham. We don't have to, he's a type and shadow of us. We don't have to go and do anything. There's nothing we can do, not do, avoid, engage in, whatever it is. There is absolutely nothing, no human effort can make us righteous before God, can give us right standing before God, other than God Himself making us righteous because we believe Him. And that's what Abraham did, and that's what we are being encouraged here to do. Now you may say, well, I know this truth. Being done that, got the t-shirt, I know that I'm righteous before God. 
We're going to put that to the test in a moment, just how well you believe that, just how solidified you are in your heart and in your mind about that. So let's hang on in there, okay? But this is why I say this is a dangerous message if it is not understood correctly. Because someone who listens to just what I've said and then switches off right there or doesn't listen to anything else, they're going to say, well, see, there you go. <clears throat> so I am righteous before God. And it's not on the basis of what I do or what I don't do, my conduct, my behavior. So I can just go wild and do what I want. <laughs> well, that's clearly not how this works. But, you know, this is why it's dangerous. Because some people can misunderstand it and confuse it and think that that's what it means. And it doesn't. But it doesn't take away the fact that this is gospel truth. Praise God. All right. So now, to help us clarify this, we're going to look at that same portion, verse 1 and 2 of Romans 4. We're going to look at it from the Passion Translation first, and then we're also going to look at it from the New Life version. All right? So let's take a look first at the Passion Translation. Let's see how it puts it. It beautifully expounds it from the original. Watch this. Let me use Abraham as an example. It is clear that, humanly speaking, he was the founder of Judaism. Now watch what it says next. What was his experience of being made right with God? In other words, how did he live it? How did he discover it? How did he understand it? Watch verse 2. Was it by his good works of keeping the law? No, he says. I mean, the law wasn't even in place when Abraham lived. But he's making a point to us, New Covenant believers, and to those who are trying to relate to God by law as New Covenant believers. And he says, no, it wasn't by keeping the law. He says, for, and then he qualifies it, if it was by the things he did, he would have something to boast about. But no one boasts before God. In other words, right standing with God, being made right with God, only comes by believing God about it. Period. <clears throat> Nothing else. Not by what you do, what you don't do, not by your conduct, your behavior. You see, this is a powerful truth that Abraham got a hold of. And this is before the Lord's, before the cross. It is pretty powerful. And look what it did in his life. He lived a prosperous life. He lived a blessed life. Yes, he messed up here and there, but even then God's favor was upon him. And God always took care of him, always had his back because he believed God. And this is why you and I need to believe God like Abraham believed God. No matter what I go through in life, no matter what we face in life, we have right standing with God. We are, have been made right with God. Not because of our merit, our performance, what we do, what we don't do. Not because of our human effort, but because God made us righteous in and through Jesus. Praise God. Amen. You are righteous before God. If you've received salvation in Jesus, you have right standing with God. Whether you feel like it or you don't. Whether you think it or not. It's, it's not based on that. You've, I've shown you so far. It is based on what God determines. And it's all as a result of us just believing. So if we just believe Him, if we just take Him at His word. Amen. So let's see, let's see now how the New Life Version puts it. It says there, What about Abraham, our early father? What did he learn? Look at that. What did he learn? If Abraham was made right with God, watch this, by what he did, he would have had something to be proud of. 
but he could not be proud before God. In other words, what that is telling us right there is, is that what Abraham learned and the realization he came to is, is that righteousness or right standing with God does not come by what we do, by our conduct, by our behavior, by our rule keeping, by our religiosity. <laughs> no, it doesn't come by that. It doesn't come as a result of our performance. And you see, this is why this is a dangerous message. Because someone who wants to engage in the wrong things will take this and say, See, I can do that. I can get involved in that. It, gives, it doesn't give us license for anything. And I'm going to say some more about that in a moment. But that's why it's dangerous. And so, having looked at all of that, we could put Romans 4 verse 1 this way. And I've got it on the screen so you can see. Based on everything we've discussed so far, we can put it this way. What he says in Romans 4 verse 1. He asks a question and it gives an answer. And this is the question. What was it that Abraham discovered about right standing with God? The answer is that it could only be obtained by believing God for it and not by human effort. <laughs> That's the way that we can put Romans 4 verse 1. That's essentially what it's telling us. So, to answer the question, what was it specifically that Abraham, that Abraham believed God about? That was it. That he could actually have right standing with God, despite sinfulness, despite imperfections, despite wrong decisions, despite feelings, emotions, questions, mental, you know, whatever was going on with him. One thing he made certain in his heart, in his spirit about, and it was that I have right standing with God because I believe God. I believe Him about it. He says I'm righteous, so I believe Him. And that's what we need to do. And more so when it comes to us because we have Jesus as the evidence that we have been made right with God. Amen. And so you can see from that, that if right standing with God was achievable by our effort, then we wouldn't need redemption in Jesus. I mean, that alone proves and shows us that righteousness in Jesus, righteousness before God, is not achievable. It's not possible for us to get to a point where we have it by our doing. Because if it was, you know, doing all these religious things and keeping all these rules and engaging in all these actions, if it was possible for us to get some, to some point where we felt, okay, I think I have a right standing with God, then we would be proud and arrogant. We would have something to boast about like we've seen. And that's not how it is. We are given righteousness. Righteousness before God is not obtainable by our doing, by our human effort. It is received because of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, because God gives it to us. Amen. It's a gift. And so this is why righteousness in Jesus is also called or referred to as faith righteousness. Not works righteousness, but faith righteousness. So choose ye this day who you will believe. Are you going to believe God? Or are you going to believe religion? Are you going to believe legalistic interpretation of scripture? Are you going to believe opinions of prophets who have bad days like we do? Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe God about your righteousness or something or someone else about it? Well, if you're going to believe God, then live by that faith righteousness. Never let it become 
works righteousness because it's impossible to have it that way. Amen. And so thus far we conclude that the only way to have right standing with God is by believing him about it, which is what Abraham did. Praise God. And so by believing that only he can make us righteous before himself. And he does. Amen. So it's not based on our feelings. It's not based on our emotions. It's based on his truth and it's based on what God says. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And I mean, think about it. Had Abraham not understood this about righteousness, he certainly would not have, not have had the confidence, the trust that he had in God like he did. I mean, when we look at his life and when we study his life, when we look at scripture about his life, he had a life like you and I. He wasn't perfect. He had things. He made wrong decisions. You know, he struggled with some things. He had enemies that came against him. He went through hardships. But yet, he always, have, he always had confidence and trust in God, that God would intervene and do something for him. Why is that? Because he believed God about his righteousness. You see, here's the thing. If someone doesn't feel like they have a good standing with someone, they are not going to have confidence in that relationship. Isn't that so? I mean, if you have someone around you and you don't feel like you have right standing with that person, you know, that you have a good standing with them, it's not going to give you confidence or trust. And that's not where Abraham was, and that's not where God wants you and I to be. This is why it is important for us to understand what Abraham understood, and to believe like he did. Amen? And so, like I said at this point, you know, you may be saying, well, I do. You know, I've heard you enough, and you've taught on it, and... and yeah, and I've heard other preachers, you know, grace preachers and preachers that preach gospel truth. I've heard it. So, yeah, I think I'm established with it. Well, we're about to put it to the test and let's see. And it's not that I'm trying to fail you or trying to make you. I'm just, I want to encourage you because most people who think, including myself, most people who think they're living and believing like Abraham believed actually don't. Because life has a way of slapping us around sometimes and making us question ourselves, making us question our faith, making us question God and question everything. And, you know, so intellectually we understand about righteousness, but we find that we don't believe like Abraham believed. And this is why I'm sharing this with you, because as I prayed about this new year and I said, Lord, what would you like me to share? He kept on pointing me to this. For the last two weeks, he's been nudging me toward this. And he said, you know, if only this is established in the hearts of my people, they are going to enter this year boldly, expecting the blessing and favor of God, my blessing and favor, like Abraham did, and then some. Amen. Praise God. All right. So apparently Abraham was so convinced of his God-given righteousness that no matter what he faced, he had absolute trust and confidence in God. Abraham was absolutely convinced that he was blessed and favored by God because he believed God about his right standing with him. Amen. And so, the question that I have for you today is, are you as convinced as Abraham was about your right standing with God? Are you? Are you as convinced as Abraham was? As Abraham we've seen was. Well, 
let's put it to the test. Drum roll, please. <laughs> let's put it to the test, finally. And the way we're going to do it is by defining righteousness. Now, again, I've done in-depth study about this in Scripture. So, what I'm about to give you, these definitions, are biblically based. They are Scripture based. So, let's put it to the test by defining righteousness. All right? So, how is righteousness defined? Righteousness is the ability to stand before God without any sense, without any, not some or partial, without any sense of guilt, shame, or condemnation. Secondly, righteousness is the ability to stand before God without any sense of inferiority. So if you can check that, and how you can check that is by saying, if you say, yes, I, that is exactly how I relate to God. That is exactly how I see my standing before God. All right. Well, do you feel that 100% of the time? Is it like that 100% of the time? If you say yes, well, then I guess you can stop listening to this and go and have your lunch early or do whatever it is that you're going to do. So, to help us understand this truth about righteousness with God a little bit better, what I'm going to do, or what we are going to do, is we are going to replace the word righteousness with the definitions that I've just shared with you in Romans 5.17. Because Romans 5.17 wonderfully talks about the righteousness that we have in Jesus, how God has made us righteous. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the definitions I've just given you, those two, and we're going to replace the word righteousness in Romans 5.17 with those definitions. And let's see how true it rings for us. Because that should be our reality. That's how it needs to be for you and I. Amen. So, Romans 5.17. Let's read it first and then we'll do the replacement. Now, I'm not changing scripture, okay? You understand that I'm doing an exercise here to help us see the depth of this truth. Alright, so Romans 5.17 says from the New King James. For if by one man's offense, talking about Adam, death reigned through the one. Now talking about Jesus. Much more those who receive abundance of grace. Watch what it says next. And of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Alright, so what we're going to do this, as you see, righteousness. We're going to replace it with the definitions I've just given you. Let's see what it looks like. Here's the first one. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of the ability to stand before God without any sense of guilt, shame, or condemnation will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. You see, it's that righteousness and understanding it that helps us reign in life. In other words, no matter what we face, we reign as kings. We reign as those in authority. Why? Because we are solidified in our righteousness in God. I am righteous before God. Amen. Let's have a look at it now with the other definition. Here it comes. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of the ability to stand before God without any sense of inferiority will reign in life through the one Jesus 
Christ. Powerful, isn't it? This is what our righteousness before God looks like. That's how we need to live and relate to God. In other words, Father, yeah, I know there's things going around me, just like Abraham in his life. Amen. He had things going on around him. But when it came to him and God, he knew that he had right standing. And there was nothing that could make him question it because he chose to believe God. And so should we and so do we. Amen. This is why we can expect his blessing and favor no matter what goes on, no matter what we've done or haven't done. Because the enemy and our own carnality, fallen carnality, has a way. And there's always voices out there who are more than willing to break you down. They're going to tell you all kinds of things. But what you and I need to do is say, no, I am righteous before God. I have right standing with God. And it's not on the basis of my conduct or behavior. So you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. I am right standing. So his blessing and favor is unhindered in my life. Praise God. And so this is what Abraham believed about God. This is how he lived. And this is how you and I need to believe. And this is how you and I need to live. And I trust that you do. I believe that you do. But I'm reminding us, encouraging us to do that. Amen. The only way that we're going to see change and improvement and just other things in our lives, I believe, in this year is because we believe like Abraham believed God about his righteousness. Amen. You see, God doesn't just want us knowing about righteousness. He wants us to understand it the way Abraham understood it. And he wants us to believe it like Abraham believed it. And you may say, why? <laughs> well, so we can experience and enjoy God's blessing and favor like Abraham did. And then some. Amen. That's why he wants us to believe that way. I mean, think about Abraham. Abraham knew that God's, that God's blessing and favor in his life was not because of his human effort, but because of his faith righteousness. He knew that. That's what we've seen in the beginning. He knew that. <laughs> he understood that. And I mean, if you want to question that, there's more than enough. And I don't want to spend time on that because this could become a series on Abraham if we do that. But let me give you just some cases in point. The fact that he understood his right standing with God, even when he wasn't at his best. He understood it's not based on my human effort. It's not based on my performance, my merit. It is based on what God has done for me and for us in Jesus. And he's made me righteous. So think about it, for example, in Genesis 18 and 19, we see that the chapters. We see that when it came to interceding for Lot, you know, God was going to judge the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so on his way, you know, they come by where, where Abraham was camping, where he was staying. And he offered them a meal. He had a conversation with the Lord. And there he intercedes for Lot. What gave him the confidence to be able to negotiate with God about his judgment? What gave him the confidence to bring God down, you know, 50, 45, 40, and took him all the way down to 10 people. If there's just 10 righteous, will you spare it? And I'm convinced <clears throat> Abraham was the one that stopped. Had he not stopped and got down to one, he may well have been able to change the situation and the judgment. Who knows? But anyway, besides all of that, God honored Abraham's request. Because when it came down to getting Lot out, it says the inscription in Genesis 19, it says, God remembered 
Abraham. In other words, he remembered what Abraham said. Why? Because Abraham knew that he was righteous. He believed God about it. And that's why God got Lot out. Pretty awesome stuff. And then, of course, we have the other situations where twice Abraham lied about Sarah not being his wife. He was concerned that he would be killed and they would take his wife because apparently she was just this stunning woman. And so he was concerned that those pagan kings, where he, as he was traveling, they would kill him and take his wife. And so he lies and he says to her, tell them you're my sister, which is a partial truth. He says, but tell them you're my sister, not my wife. So he was lying. And in the midst of all that, we see that God, first of all, protects Sarah, protects Sarah so she doesn't get violated. But also then God intervenes on Abraham's behalf to get her back to him. And then they send him off with additional blessings. You know, they give him cattle and this and that. And he walks away with even more than he had before. And you know, this is why this is a dangerous message. Because some people will think, well, see. And the fact of the matter is, is that it is gospel truth. Because our right standing before God is not on the basis of our human effort. It is on the basis of God giving it to us in and through Jesus. This is why we can have confidence even when we mess up. And I'm not encouraging you to do that. But even when we mess up, Father, I have right standing with you. Thank you for your favor, your blessing. I know that you're going to protect what I've put at risk. And I know that you're going to um, intervene on my behalf for me to get it back, for me to enjoy your blessing and favor. I mean, that's what we see from his love. That's how solidified he was in his understanding of right standing before God. Now, let's continue with Romans 4. Just a couple more verses that I want to show you here. Now, remember, this is all in the same context of what Abraham believed God about his right standing with him. So it's all in relation to that. This is all part of the context, not a different subject. Okay, so let's read verse 4 and 5 of Romans chapter 4 now. From the New King James, we continue. So then it goes on and it says, Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. In other words, if you put X amount of hours and you work for someone, they owe you to pay you for the time that you worked as you've agreed. That's what it's saying. But then watch what it says in verse 5. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, watch this, his faith is accounted for righteousness. In other words, what this is really saying to us is, is that don't see having right standing with God the way you see getting paid for time you put in. He says that's not how it works. You need to just believe God that He will make you righteous even when you were ungodly. And Abraham was, but he believed God and God then made him righteous. So that's the point that it's making to us there. It's telling us there. So righteousness with God is not a reward for conduct or behavior. It is not a reward for good rule keeping or even religiosity. And we see so many people today, they are drawn into religions and they are following rituals and, you know, practices and keep these rules and don't keep these things and, and, and do this and avoid that. And they think doing all of that somehow, eventually, they're going to end up having some kind of good standing before God that will make them acceptable. And no matter how pious and how honorable it may seem, it is fake. It is not truth. 
because God has given us right standing in Jesus and it cannot be earned or deserved. It is received by faith. It is received by believing God. And when we receive it that way, God's blessing and favor is unhindered in our lives because that's how it comes upon us. Amen. Righteousness is a gift from God, praise God, in and through Jesus. And it is, it is appropriated by believing God about it, not by working for it. Amen. I don't know why I keep drumming that, but I believe someone needs to hear that. I mean, it's the opposite of what religion and legalistic interpretation of Scripture will tell you. But nonetheless, it is gospel truth. Amen. So, how can you tell then, having said all that I've said, how can you tell if you are living in the reality of righteousness, as we have seen? How can you tell if you're living in righteousness as Abraham lived in righteousness that God gave him? Well, it's very simple, looking at our definitions and everything we've discussed there. You see, when it comes to your standing before God, you have no guilt, no shame, no condemnation or inferiority. Period. It doesn't mean you don't feel it. It doesn't mean that there's things that bother your conscience. It doesn't mean that there's things you need to maybe apologize for or forgive or change or habits that you need to change and alter. It doesn't mean that those things don't exist. It just simply means that you don't bring them into account when it comes to your standing before God. In other words, you come before God without luggage. And you know what I mean by that. You come to Him based on gospel truth. And gospel truth is, is that you are righteous because He made you righteous, not because you did something to become righteous. And when you have that confidence, you believe like Abraham believed. Amen. Praise God, praise God. What a wonderful, powerful truth. Now, there's two more things I want to show you in verse 5 as we come to an ending here. So let's bring that up again. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come up next and you'll see. Here's the first thing. It's in bold. It says, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies. Watch what it says there. Look at who God justifies. The ungodly. And while they're ungodly, watch this, their faith is accounted for righteousness. So you have an ungodly person who believes God, like Abraham did, and boom, all of a sudden, they are no longer ungodly, and they are righteous before God. So what do we see here? This is that God's grace and mercy extends beyond even our human understanding. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And so, the ungodly is all of us. You know, before we received salvation in Jesus, we were all ungodly. But yet, God made us righteous. Amen. Praise God. So without redemption in Jesus, we're all ungodly. So what does that mean? It means that every single one of us can have right standing with God. We all are pre-qualified by God. We're all pre-qualified by Jesus and the finished work of the cross. Amen. And all it takes is us believing God about it. Like Abraham believed him about it. The other thing that I want to show you in verse 5. Here it comes next. It says, but to him, watch this, who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Look at that phrase, who does not work. That doesn't mean we become lazy and we do nothing. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about earning and deserving right standing with God. It says, but to him who doesn't work, but believes, 
God makes them righteous. So, what do we see in that? That really and truly, there's only one way to have right standing with God. Is that right? Do you see it? There's only one way. And how is that? By believing God for it. Amen. We can never earn or deserve it. Praise God. So, this is a powerful, like I said, but a dangerous, dangerous truth. How is it dangerous, you may say? Why is it dangerous? Well, it's dangerous because those who do not have the fear of God in them can abuse this truth. Those who look for any reason to justify and defend sinful living can use this to justify, can use this to try and justify what they're doing. That's why this truth is dangerous. But nonetheless, it doesn't change the fact that it's gospel truth. You see, God's gift of righteousness is a blessing that we are to live in for God's glory, not His shame. Do you hear what I said? Let me say that again. God's gift of righteousness is a blessing that we are to live in for God's glory, not for His shame. That's why this truth is dangerous. But it's still gospel truth. Amen. Because we don't want anyone to think, well, you know, if I mean, Abraham did all these things and apparently he got away with it and everything was good. The fact of the matter is, is that because we have, we live in this fallen body and we still face fallen humanity, it is never going to be perfect. This is why God has given us perfect righteousness. So we can excel and live above that. Amen. Praise God, praise God. And so the way for us to facilitate more of God's blessing and favor in our lives in 2023 and beyond, as a matter of fact, is by believing God like Abraham believed God about righteousness. Amen. I trust that you are receiving this, that this is blessing you today, praise God. And so the only way our confidence in righteousness, in the righteousness at least that we have in Jesus, can be diminished. The only way it can be diminished, our confidence and trust in that, our believing God. The only way our confidence in the righteousness we have in Jesus can be diminished is by us placing ourselves back under human effort. Or let me put it this way, scripturally, by placing ourselves back under law, placing ourselves back under rule keeping, placing ourselves back under religiosity, religion. In other words, human effort doing things. You are never going to be made righteous that way. You are never going to live in the righteousness you have and God's given you that way. You're actually going to diminish it and move away from it if you do that. So, my encouragement is, let's not fall from grace. Let's not frustrate the grace of God by doing that. Amen. Look at this in these two portions. Galatians 5 verse 4. Look at what it says about what we've discussed today. It says, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you, watch this, are justified or made right by the law. You are fallen from grace. So what that's telling us right there is, is that if you try to be right before God by your law keeping, in other words, your conduct, your behavior, your rule keeping, your religiosity, it says you are going to fall from grace. And you can only fall when something is higher. So grace is higher than law. Grace is higher than human effort. And so when you try and go back to that and establish your right standing that way, then it says you will fall from grace. And then Galatians 2.21. Watch what it says here. It says, 
I do not frustrate the grace of God. Look at that. We can actually frustrate the grace of God. Have you ever been frustrated? You know what frustration looks like, right? It says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Watch this. For if righteousness come by law, in other words, it doesn't come by law, then Christ is dead in vain. In other words, what Jesus did for you and I is meaningless if you can achieve righteousness in and of yourself. No. See, that's how we frustrate the grace of God. We frustrate the grace of God by trying to get righteousness that we already have, by trying to somehow earn and deserve it and, you know, make it like we've done something to make ourselves righteous. No, that's how we frustrate grace. And when we frustrate grace, it's frustrated so it doesn't work fully in our lives because our own human effort is getting in the way. And so this is what Abraham believed. And so when it comes to right standing with God, all we need to do is believe like Abraham believed God about it. And then the floodgates are unhindered and opened and, re and it releases the blessing and favor of God because we believe God like Abraham believed God. And all God's wonderful people said, Amen. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that powerful? The wonderful truth of that. And I believe that more than anything, this is something that we need to be so established in that as we face a new year, we are going to see the wonderful power of God, the wonderful blessing of God, the favor of God, because we believe like Abraham believed. We are righteous in Jesus. We are righteous. It's a gift from God, not anything that we do. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.